Thank you for listening to the Convergence House of Prayer podcast. Please enjoy this message by Pastor Greg Seamus. Well, good seeing everybody. Good to be seen. Turn to the person next to you and say, so good to see you. And if it's your spouse, you better smile really big. And then uh, turn to someone else and just, just throw out this phrase, the Lord believes in you. Yeah. The Lord believes in you. Yeah. Isn't that good? Well, um, we're going to be embarking on a new series. This is, today's the great experiment. Um, and this is called flying by the seat of your pants. And that's an old term, old expression for people who are over 50. So how many people know what I mean when I say that? Okay, you guys know what I'm saying. Okay, that might make some people uncomfortable. Um, but at the same time, um, we'll see how the Lord kind of orchestrates it today. Um, <clears throat> Wendy and I had the privilege of um, going to the Philippines four times last year. We, do, we are pretty close to locking in and uh, going to the Philippines at the end of July. So uh, we want to bring a team with us. And so um, if you're interested in that, begin praying, and I'll tell you that it's going to be less than $10,000 to go. So I just want to just ease everybody um, with that statement. But we went there. I'm, I'm kidding about the $10,000. All right. So, I mean, it'll, it will be lower than $10,000. That is true. Um, we, and when we were there, we were, uh, the Lord gave us the opportunity to minister the Ecclesia message, of course, most of you know what that's all about, and, um, and we just had a chance to train over 1,500 leaders and pastors up and down the nation. And so uh, God's been good. But we knew that when we went, um, there would be something, there would be more than us just pouring into them. There would be an exchange, a divine exchange. We felt like the Lord was going to deposit something in us, and he, he sure did. And what the Lord is doing in, the, in that nation um, is phenomenal. And it's just absolutely amazing and staggering. How many uh, Filipino people do we have here? I think we have a few, like first generation, like you guys are from the island. All right, you guys, just welcome, just bless these guys. You guys, God's doing some amazing things in that, in that country. And so um, one of the, the things that we, I just remember sitting down at breakfast one time, and I was, there was a, uh, all these pastors in Manila and um, people who are, can hold prayer meetings and have 10,000 come uh, to these prayer meetings did not know that. And so I was sitting down, but I was wondering, the, everyone was getting along so well together. It was kind of amazing, a bunch of pastors and everyone, no one's fighting theologically or anything. It's pretty crazy. Um, and so a gentleman came up to me, sat next to me at breakfast uh, and said to me, you know, I said hello and we exchanged hellos. And then uh, I, inter- I introduced myself, and my name is Greg, and his name, I said, what? and he goes, well, I-, I just want you to know I'm here because I'm assigned to you. Now, at first I thought, really? Because you have to be here? Like, you don't want to be here? And uh, so I understood what-, what he meant there, but one of the things that I-, I asked him, I said, you guys, get a- you guys, this is amazing. I love the unity. I love the, I just love the camaraderie. I just love, like, what's the, like, I don't know, what's the secret to that? And he said to me, um, he goes, we come as brothers and sisters and we leave our titles at the door. And so we, um, 
we we're on so we're on this journey, and what we found out is um, that there was such a, a growing revelation of the the Father heart of God, and um, and we saw evidence of that in these pastors and leaders. And yes, they were learning ecclesia, but their foundation was sons and daughters. And so I explored that a little bit with them, and I said, "Hey, hey, you know, like, where where did you get your training?" So I was talking to Whedon King, who's the guy who's overseeing the entire nation, pretty much, apostolically. And he said, you know, we have this team coming in from New Zealand. And, um, and so, I'll, of course, I got my curiosity aroused, and so I found out what the name of it was, went to the website, checked everything out, discovered that this team from New Zealand is what, uh, who actually trained um, and had major influence into John Arnott over in Toronto and to uh, Bill Johnson over in Reading. And, and, I, and I felt like, oh, man, this is like the watering hole. Like, this is, this is what the Lord is using as the root system um, for this revelation of the Father's heart. And so um, as I further explored that, I found out there was a conference um, in Sa- Southern California, and these guys were coming up to Southern California and doing it. So I- I'm like, that's about an hour and a half, not even an hour and a half, an hour and 10-minute flight, um, and I'm going to check out this conference. So we did, Winnie and I did, and, um, and then we went on to check out their A school. So they have an A school and a B school. And my understanding is that in New Zealand, they don't have fancy names for stuff. So really, they have bridge one, bridge two, bridge three, bridge four. And so when they name their schools, it's going to be A school, B school, C. That's just how it is in New Zealand. That's what I figured out. I haven't yet, but I would love... Anyone been to New Zealand? Yeah, maybe one of these days. Um, I just want to go check out where they film Lord of the Rings, you know? <laughs> That's really... Um, so, Wendy and I uh, went to the... Um, I went to an A school in Pennsylvania, and, I just, and we just came back from Sioux Falls, uh, South Dakota. Anyone been to South Dakota? That's a prayer point. All right, so... No, South Dakota's great. Um, but it was all brown. It was winter, man. It was winter. And so... Um, and the Lord really began just really changing my life um, and giving me um, a, a greater foundation on the Father's love. And I just want to begin to just kind of unfold that with you. So this is just as much my journey, uh, and it's really kind of me opening up and sharing a little bit about my, my I don't know, my journey in life. And, of course, you guys... No, you know, I went to Bible college, and you know, um, and theologically, I understand a lot about the the Trinity and the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But when I was when I was um, when I grew up, I grew up uh, Catholic, um, and I got saved when I was 16 years old. And I know there's born again Catholics, so I'm not talking about I'm not going down that road, except to say that um, as I was growing up, my mom always felt like. Uh, you know, it's always good to have a little religion. That's what she always used to tell me. Son, it's always good to have a little religion. And her, and her uh, parents migrated uh, from Portugal. And so they, they came in from... Port- Any Portuguese people here? So this is kind of a family talk. Oh, come on, don't be embarrassed. Some of you are like, you know, be proud. All right, so... Uh, and so... They came over first generation, and of course they were they were uh, predominantly Catholic, 
And so I, I was raised Catholic, and I remember my mom uh, kind of shipping me to catechism. And I don't know if anyone knows who, what catechism is. So that's like Sunday school, but after school. That's what it is. That's what it is. Sunday school after school. So I, were, I went to Norris Grammar School, and if you're really old, you know about Norris Grammar School uh, in Fremont. And I remember going over, uh, following the grammar school, and I would go to catechism, and they would have flannel boards. Anyone re- ever been taught with a flannel board? All right, really dating myself. So um, I don't even know how old I was. I was little. Um, I was younger than I am now. I can. I just could tell you that. And so I remember sitting there, and I, I and as I was, the Lord was kind of opening up this whole uh, revelation of the Father's heart to me over the last year. I, I re, I've, I've kind of like, why didn't I? Why didn't I see that? Um, and so I just remember in the Catholic Church, and especially in catechism, I, I, I just remember seeing pictures and images that were pushed up on the flannel board. And I remember uh, a ladder that had the seven sacraments on it, and it was on the ground, and it went into these clouds, and poof, it was gone. But you had to climb every single rung of this ladder to actually get to heaven. Maybe you'll go into purgatory, and then you'll be prayed out, and then by, well, anyway, they don't do indulgences anymore, but prayed out, and eventually you'll get to heaven. But you need to do these sacraments. And so, um, and I remember, I remember seeing Jesus a lot, and he always had this glow around his head, and he had his shirt kind of open, and there was this heart with a crown of thorns around it. So I don't know what the name of that is called, Sacred Heart. I don't know if it's called Sacred Heart or whatever. But I just remember Jesus kind of like this. And he has this heart with a crown of thorns around it, right? And then I saw, I remember Mary. Mary was everywhere. Mary was next to Jesus. Mary had her hands open. And my mom was a big Fatima, uh, if you look, if you don't, know, don't look it up now, but where Mary visited uh, a bunch of girls somewhere, I don't know, Spain or something. And anyway, so it was, I remember Mary, I do not remember the father at all. There was, never anyone, there was never anyone who talked about in the Catholic Church. I don't remember anyone ever talking about the father. The father was unseen and distant. If there was any picture of the father, he's like this, reaching out. You know that old picture, the famous one? He's like this. He's like that, you know? And there's this man going like this, right? That's the only, that's the only picture of the father I, I, I remember. And I know it's a famous painting. I don't know who did it, but that's the picture I remember. So he's like this. Anyway, so... So if, if there's any other picture, he had a beard lay way down here, you know, and that's it. He was, he was just, he was just out of the picture. So at the age of 16, I got saved. Everyone got saved. Say amen. amen. And so the Lord came in, Jesus came in my heart and I was kneeling down at an altar at Fremont Christian High School, gave my heart to Jesus. Come on now. And and I'm telling you, no one threw a rule book at me. No one told me, give me a list of do's and don'ts on how to live the Christian life. The Lord just began to change me from the inside out. I can't explain it. 
The things I used to love, I began to hate, and the things I used to hate, like going to church, um, I began to love. Like, it was, it was, it's called transformation. It's called salvation. It's, it's a work of God inside of you. And so, so after I got saved, it was all about Jesus. It was all about Jesus. You're kind of hesitant because you're kind of you know, like, where's he going? All right, so, so then I, I kind of understood, like, Jesus is the person who saves me. And, I, and my life was changed. It's marked. It's changed. And then someone said, hey, there's the Holy Spirit. And I said, hey, I don't know who the Holy The Holy Spirit's the bird. Because that's all I remember. So the Holy Spirit's the bird that has light beaming from him. And he was over Jesus who had the thorny kind of heart, the heart that had the crown of thorns on it. So that was my picture of the Holy Spirit, the big bird. And then it was like this, and that's all I knew. I had no idea the Holy Spirit was God. I had no idea that the Holy Spirit, uh, that I could be baptized in the Holy Spirit. No idea what that was all about until I was 19. Then when I was 19, they said, you need to tarry for the Holy Spirit. Oh, don't I have the Holy Spirit on in me? Yes, you are saved. But you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And brother, you need to tarry. So I didn't know what Terry was. I thought it was a person. I didn't know what, who Terry is. So I, there's Terry. So, so there I was. I was, so we're at a prayer retreat. And there was a dirt floor, and there was a bench, and they're saying, you got to receive the whole baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I wanted it, because they said they'd give me power and the boldness to witness, like to share your faith. And I wanted to tell people about Jesus. And I mean, I, I came out of the whole sports scene, so I still love sports. <laughs> anyway, so I won't go there. So, so I tarried. And the Lord met me, and I was baptized with the Holy Spirit. And so it's like, man, a zeal came over me. God calls me into full-time ministry. I'm standing here today because of what he did when I was 19 years old. He launched me into full-time ministry. I quit my junior college, and I didn't like business law anyway, and I didn't like accounting anyway. So he pulled me out of that and got me into full-time ministry, changed my heart, just revolutionized my life. The baptism of the Holy Spirit will do that. Still little on the Father. So I had, this is the great experiment. So I had Jesus. And there was the Holy Spirit, not after I got baptized with the Holy Spirit, but before. And this was the Father. So before I, as I was growing up Catholic, I knew about Jesus. In fact, if I had another chair, I'd put it up there and say, there's Mary. Honestly. There's Mary, and there's Jesus, and there's a bird. So I guess the bird might, anyway. So there's, there's Jesus, and here's my view. Here's me. It's like, it's Jesus and it's the, it's, it's the bird. I guess it's the Holy Spirit, but the Father's unseen. 
Well, does he need to be unseen? I mean, is he involved? Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> I know that you know. All right. So then, so here's my view. The, the view. the first view I want you to see is, is this view of the Father as being someone who's completely distant and completely unseen, like he's not even practical. He's not engaged. He's not even in view. Now, you will not see that in the Gospels, especially the Gospel of John, because Jesus came to reveal the Father. Jesus was so audacious, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and nobody comes to the Father but through what's the goal, Father? Jesus is the champion of heaven. He's our elder brother, and he's completely God. But his goal was to reveal the nature of the Father. I was never taught that. Father was back here. So now I find Jesus. Has anyone was ever raised like that? You can put your hand up. It's okay. You better not be like that now. <laughs> In love, I say that. All right. All right. Yes, when he makes sure. So, okay. Wendy's the Holy Spirit now. All right. So now I get saved and I'm beginning to see the Father. But the Father is kind of like this. The Father is the CEO of heaven. What does that mean? That means the Father gets things done. And if you have a love language called acts of service, then you want to get things done for and not with the Father because you'll be faithful. So the Father's here, the Son is at the right hand of the Father, and the Holy Spirit is here. Holy Spirit's not hovering around anymore because the Holy Spirit is a person. The person work of the Holy Spirit. So I go to Bible college for four years. I'm at Bethany Bible College, Assemblies of God School. Got my bachelor's degree, did all the theology classes. Not one semester, not one quarter, not one class on Father. Not one. Christology? Yeah. Pneumatology? Yes. Nothing on Father. Why is that? Co-equal. The person of the Father in our Bible colleges and our seminaries connected but distant. 
So what does that produce? Well, for me and for many believers, it produces a duty-based, performance-based relationship with the Lord. God is seen as old and grumpy. I should say, the Father is seen as old and grumpy. And so what you have is you have a father who has, man, this, this stage is so clean, I can't find anything. I mean, this is incredible. I don't need anything. All right. So you have the father who's working through the son who has the Holy Spirit, and he's making sure the planet that God, that People who are saved are bringing his kingdom on earth, which we say yes. Yeah? The problem is, is that if we don't see God as a loving father, we'll burn out. And we'll be faithful to the end because we knew what he did for us. We knew what Jesus did for us. And Jesus is in our heart, and we'll be faithful to the end. I mean, but you know what? The treadmill just gets faster and faster. Because we're not, we don't still, we don't have the revelation of Father. We don't even know why that's important. Like, why even have a revelation of the Father? We know He's in heaven. We know that they're the God. We know they're the Trinity. We know that they're all connected. We know that they're, why do I need a revelation of the Father? Because that was the purpose, one of the purposes of Jesus even coming. Just read John 17. He thanks the Father that he's revealed his nature and his character well. I think it was Derek Prince, a famous preacher, who said, I mean, he's older now. He's probably in his 70s or 80s when he wrote this. He said, all my life, I've talked on the Father, but I've never experienced him. And he said, I got stuck on the way. What does that mean? He got stuck on they can use this phrase without, he got stuck on Jesus. I am the way, the truth, and the life. He, so his words were, I got stuck on the way. But there's more. You guys all right? So what we have is we have believers who are on a treadmill. And they're trying to win love. And they'll sacrifice it all to win love. They're trying, we're trying, they're trying to win approval. Theologically, they understand agape love. But here in this paradigm, it's about how much have you prayed today? How much did you read the word today? Discipline. 
It's faithfulness. It's not coming out. It's not flowing from a heart of passion, primarily. And so we're on this treadmill in our walk with God. It's duty-based and performance-based. We're saved. We love Jesus. We love, we love the Godhead. We love the Holy Spirit. But I want to introduce you to something a little bit more. Is that okay? All right. So some of you, the Father might be here. Some of you, the Father might be here. Take your Bibles, turn to John chapter 1, verse 2. This is really the only thing I want to leave you with today because we're just going to blow it all up in the next couple months, all right? Does that make sense? Blow it all up? You guys know what I mean. I was at the airport. I was at the Sioux Falls airport. You guys aren't going to think this is funny. And she was... The, per- the attendant who was taking our luggage, she said, she said something, and I said to her, I said, I looked at her, I said, you're the bomb. <laughs> she said, what'd you say? <laughs> she thought I said, I, I have a bomb, and I was like, <laughs> oh, man. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's the last time I'll ever say you're you're the bomb or something about the bomb or something when I'm in, when I'm at an airport. I anyway, I she was ready to call security and every, anyway, I don't even know if I got it right, but Wendy's gonna probably she just jumped. Okay, Wendy's telling me. All right, let me introduce you to something. <clears throat> John, chapter one. One through three. I'm reading out the NKJV. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him, nothing was made. The Passion Translation says it this way. I mean, the Passion Translation is really growing on me. And I'm glad Brian's going to be with us in November because, but he gets it right again. Got Matthew 16, 18 right. Got this one right. John chapter 1, verse 2. They were together face to face in the very beginning. So our picture of the Godhead is like this. But let me introduce you to a new picture. This is the Godhead. All right. Now I want you to see something. Why is that significant? (laughs) John... 17, I should, I know you're seeing the backs of the chairs, huh? That's gonna, a good look. Anyway, you guys get the idea, right? So you have the Father, you have the Son, and you have the Holy Spirit. And they're all 
connected face to face. Let's keep reading. John 17, verse 5. Out of the Passion Translation. So my father, he's, he's pouring himself out to the father, right? John 17, read it, read it again. So my father, restore me back to the glory that we shared together when we were face to face, before the universe was created. So where does that leave me? John Chapter 14, verse 3. Jesus said this, If I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. The Passion Translation ends it, You will be where I am. Now, obviously, this is pre-death and resurrection. So we can safely say, wherever Jesus is, you are. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6 says, And he made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The Passion Translation says, I know I'm hitting that Passion Translation, but you're co-seated as one with Christ. You're co-seated as one with Christ. You're co-seated as one with Christ. So, the question then is, where is Jesus? John chapter 1, verse 18. Because it goes a little deeper than just this. John chapter 1, verse 18 is a weird, there's a weird word in that verse that the King James puts in, that the New King James adds. goes, the only begotten, that's Jesus, who is in the bosom of the Father and has declared or revealed him. Jesus is in this weird phrase, bosom of the Father, and the Passion, let me just give you different translations of what that actually means. The Passion translation says he was held close to his heart. The NIV or the ESV says at the Father's side. That's an inadequate translation, I don't think, I think. The Tree of Life version says that Jesus, the only begotten, is in the Father's embrace. The word, the word bosom actually means to be embraced neck, shoulders, stomach, lap, chest, heart, and side. The Amplified says that Jesus, the only begotten, who in the intimate presence of the Father, the message says the very heart of the Father, and the New, Tra- New Living Translation says near to the Father's heart. Jesus, then, is in the intimate presence and affections of the Father. He is fully connected and he's fully embraced. So Jesus is in the very heart of the Father. I don't know, 
I, I, I just know that the, these are three persons in one. John chapter 14, verse 20. So where are we? Jesus said, I am in my Father. Now wrap your brain around this for a moment. I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. Again, the Passion Translation gives us a little bit more clearer picture. So when the day comes, you will know that I am living in the Father, and that you are one with me, for I am living in you. What does that mean? That means that I don't want to step on this. That will not be kind. It's a black floor and a black screen. And my wife wouldn't even listen to the rest of the message. She'd be looking where I'm standing. What does that mean? That means that you are no longer on the outside looking in. You're not looking for approval. You're not looking for acceptance. You're not looking for security. But if we have a view of the Godhead, my voice is cracked, the Godhead like this, then what we do is we stand in front of him and we declare, bring heaven to earth. But we're here on the outside looking looking up to heaven, we're calling out to the Lord, we're saying, bring heaven to earth, and that's the picture we see. And maybe God will be, you know, if we, if we yell hard enough, and we yell loud enough, and maybe he'll do it. Like we're trying to convince him, because we're actually picturing ourselves here, but this is not where we're at. It was never where you were at. Even if you're thinking, if you're a performance-based believer, I hate to say that, because that's where I was, you're kind of here trying to do the will of God. You're sacrificing. You're going all, and you have this picture. You have this view of God, and he knows. you know he loves you. You have that understanding based on the word, but there's, there's a separation. And so we're trying. We're trying. We have pastors who are burning out. We have ministers who are burning out. We have guys who are caught up in pornography and guys who are leaving their wives and all this kind of stuff because they made a God out of their ministry, but they didn't know how to connect. Because they don't know where they stand. What does that mean? That means you're here. I mean, God, Father's here. Holy Spirit's there. And you're right here. You're right here. I'm right here. And you're right here. See? The orphan doesn't see himself in there. So he's trying and she's trying really hard to win the father's approval. Trying really hard to win more love. And all the while, that person is standing here, they're here. Do you understand what I'm saying? Listen, if you love Jesus, it doesn't matter what you're thinking out here, you're here. You are in Christ, and Christ is in the Father. What does that mean? That means you can relax. That means that you can rest. That means you don't have to earn it. What does that mean? That means that when you have your time in the morning, it's not because you have it on your calendar. Oh, come on now. 
It's good to have it on your calendar. If that's what helps you, you just give me another chair. Give me another chair, anyone. Billy! Am I doing all right? How's my great experiment doing all right? All right. I am in Christ. Christ is in the Father. This is where you sit. And this is where you stand. You're not on the outside looking in. You don't have to, you can't even earn your salvation. And you know that, but we still try. And here's how you kind of know. You say things like, I'm not doing enough. I'm not praying enough. I'm not getting in the word enough. Here's the secret. This is how I want you to begin praying. Romans, I'm going to be like Bobby Connor. Romans 5.5. The Holy Spirit pours the love of the Father into our hearts. What does that mean? That means quit striving and just begin receiving. Well, what does that mean? That means the Lord's taken me back to my salvation. When I got saved, everything changed. It wasn't because I was striving. It was because I was receiving. His life is in you. Come on. He is in you, and you are in Him. You are seated in heavenly places. This is how the ecclesia operates. When we storm the gates, we do it together. Listen, God has always been a father. God has never not been a father. It's always been a family. It's never not been a family. That means you're a daughter and you're a son, but we don't have revelation on that yet. We have some, but that's going to open up. You know, in 1517, this is how I'm going to close talking about history. Anyone interested in history? I like history. In 1517, the Great Reformation takes place. What was the problem? The problem was the Catholic Church, you only had access to heaven through the Catholic Church. Forgive me, I don't want to offend any Catholics, I'm just saying. And the, the word Pope actually comes from the Latin word Papa. So there was a replacement in about 300 AD when Jerome, you guys know a little history, Jerome took the Greek and wrote the, the Bible in Latin for the Romans. There was no word, there was no word for the Godhead, so he created the word Trinity. So Trinity is actually a transliteration of the Godhead. That was the word that we can use, Trinity. So that's, we're still around 2019, right? Trinity. Where was I? Oh, 1517, 
It was grace plus faith plus nothing. It's not works related to receive Jesus. You don't have to pay indulgences. You don't have to buy people out of purgatory. It was grace plus faith plus nothing. Grace plus faith in Jesus plus nothing. That makes sense? In, 15, in 1906, the Lord gave us another revelation. It's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Worldwide revival breaks out. In 1994, I was around then. Some of you weren't, but I was around then. And this thing was going on in Toronto, and it was the Toronto Blessing. And a book was written that said, John Arnott, who's the guy, you can research him, said, no, 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 no. This is not the Toronto blessing. This is the Father's blessing. And I'm telling you, over the last 25 years, there's been growing revelation of Father. There are so many believers... And I still have I still have orphanness in me, though I understand the revelation. But we're we're we are we don't have a revelation of a of a father who loves us completely just as we are. And because we've had some kind of wacky fathers, we've had fathers who have the number one problem in America is fatherlessness, among other things. We have kids who are broken. We have people in this room who have fathers who are distant, who are demanding, who are performance-based. And because of that, this is how we see father. Or at least we're, we're slanted that direction until we get a breakthrough. And that's where I want to take us on the journey. But we actually wrote letters to our parents and we released them because there's no father that's perfect. If you're a perfect father, I just want to pray for you afterwards and cast that out <laughs> because you're human. And if you're human, you're, it's like the person who says, I want to find the perfect church, then don't go to it. <laughs> you make it unperfect. So what's the, what's, what's the goal this morning, this afternoon now? There's only one goal that I'm really, only one target is to make sure that you begin to see that you're seated here and that you're not out here. It's not you begging for, to God to love you more. He's always seen you right here. You put yourself there. Put yourself there with your imagination. Don't all run up here. You can afterwards as a prophetic act. You could totally come up here. This is where you are. Now let me just now let me just kind of blow you up a little bit. It's a bomb. The bomb. God is love. That means he can do nothing unloving. 
can you imagine? I don't know how else to define it. The energy that's in this circle. Because it, for love to be love, it has to give. And everything God has created gives. Trees give oxygen. Just carbon monoxide, you know, changes. You know, it's like there's this giving process with all creation. Sun gives light. Can you imagine being in this circle? Can you imagine that God had loving you that much? That's why when we sing songs about the love of God chasing us down, I believe it's true. And once we get the revelation of a loving father who loves those who don't know him, they're still, they're still wayward sons, wayward children, offspring. And he's using us to bring people home into sonship. We haven't even talked about that either. Well, what does that mean? So that's it. That's the revelation I want you guys to grab a hold of. Test it. Talk to Jesus about it. Talk to the Father about it. Look in the Word. Read it. Research it. You're here. You're here. Let's all stand. Did you want to say something? Oh, you're going you're gonna to close. Okay. Why don't you come up now? I like when you're standing next to me. You know what I'm saying. Let's stand right in the middle because that's where we're at. Oh, no. You're, oh, you want us to get really close. Oh. She's helping my illustration. See, this is, this, is the, this, is, this is not even close to the father's embrace. Now, if I sat down and she sat on my lap and she put her arms around me and her arms around her, that's, that's, the, that's, that's the embrace. Now, I know that's going to take, that's a reach for some of us, that the father has embraced us like this. So, Lord, I just break off um, a performance-based, duty-bound, orphaned heart in the name of Jesus. And I pray that your people will find and gain the revelation that they're actually right here in the center, and they always have been, and that they're fully loved. They're fully loved and they're fully accepted. And I pray that you would pour out your love into everybody's heart right now. Just would you just go ahead and ask the Father to pour the substance of his love into your heart right now. Just ask him to say, Father, come, pour your love into my heart. And, I, and just by faith, receive it. Receive it. Receive the nutrients from heaven. Receive it. Come on, John 15 makes sense. The branch is connected to the vine. The branch just receives the nutrients the vine supplies. 
So all that striving, I break that off of you in the name of Jesus. That's a lie. That you are, you are, you have, you are the very affection of God. You're the very apple of His eye. You are, you are. With all your, with all your things that aren't quite right, and all the thoughts that aren't quite right, and all that, it does not change for a minute, a moment, a millisecond. His love for you, still the same. So we just receive it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Yay! Can I ask our ministry teams to come forward? Wow, that was so good. So if there's anyone that needs um, healing in their body, we just invite you to come forward and just receive prayer uh, for the next 20 minutes. Um, So tell at one o'clock, they'll be here to pray for you. And then also we do have them, our um, healing rooms today. If you know of somebody that you wanna bring back, that'd be awesome. And then we have intro today, um, after service, right after. So if you're new here and you would like to um, meet with Pastor Greg and I for a few minutes, um, we would love to have you. You'll get free coffee and, and whatnot. So. Um, please come forward if um, you'd like to get some prayer, and especially even on this this heart, Father Heart stuff. If you just need a little bit more revelation on that, um, we would love to pray for you. And again, if you need healing, please come, because there's a God who heals. Amen. All right. Well, be blessed. Have a great week. And... Um, it's going to be amazing things that are happening. Yep. Share the testimony. Be blessed. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more messages like this, please subscribe and thank you for listening.